Christmas. It only comes once a year, yet it's something we can celebrate all year long. That's one thing that is a distinction from celebrating Christ in Christmas versus just celebrating a holiday of presents and Santa and food and all those other good things. But because we celebrate the birth of our Christ, that is something that, yes, we do get to celebrate it now in December once a year, but it's something that I pray will be on my heart year-round. And when I was, um, when Pastor Mike and Pastor Bob asked, Casey, do you want to do the Christmas service? I thought, oh, geez, I don't know. I could really let some people down. But then I realized it really wasn't about me at all, was it? Um, It's about our Savior Christ. And I asked um, the Lord when I went to prayer that he would reveal the something fresh and anew from the Word of God. Because it's a story that we often hear year after year after year after year. And sometimes we can almost recite it. And that's a good thing, but it can be also a dangerous thing. Because it can go from something that's powerful and heart-changing to something that's kind of just sweet and same old. And so I asked the Lord to change my heart and show me something out of the story that would just pop out to me. Something that would be fresh this year as looking at the Christmas story. And we will read the same account in Luke that we've read year after year. But what really stuck out to me this year were the shepherds in the shepherd's story. And maybe it's because I'm kind of I don't know. I love to spread the word of God. I love to share it with others. But they have a, such a model. They heard about Jesus. They encountered Jesus. And then they proclaimed Jesus. And it was such a simple model that the shepherds portray here that we can apply to our life. So I'm going to start in Luke chapter 2. And I'm actually going to start in verse 8, and that's where the shepherd's story began. But before verse 8, Mary and Joseph have gone to Bethlehem, and they've given birth to baby Jesus. She wrapped him in cloth and laid him in a manger. And the story picks up here. Mary and Joseph are already in Bethlehem, and Mary has had baby Jesus. And in verse 8, it says, Now when there were in the same country shepherds living out in their fields, keeping watch over their flock by night, and behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, and that the shepherds said to one another, Hey, Let's go now to Bethlehem and see these things that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. 
Now when they had seen him, they made him widely known, the saying which was told to them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, as it was told to them. When I read this account of the shepherds, it goes so quickly. It goes from them hearing about Christ through angels and then finding Christ. And then right in the next verse it says, they went and told everyone they knew about Jesus. And I thought it was such a great model. And it's something that we see in our lives, sometimes in a less dramatic way. But most of us hear about Jesus one way or another, from friends or family, acquaintances, co-workers. You probably won't hear about Jesus much on TV anymore, but there's all different ways you can hear about Jesus. Many of us don't hear about Jesus through a huge encounter with angels. If you have, please let me know. (laughs) I'd like to hear your story. But most of us hear about it from our parents, our friends. And that's great. And after this morning, we all have heard about Jesus. So we can't say that we don't know about Jesus because you're going to hear about Jesus right now. But we hear about him just like the shepherds heard about him. And what's interesting about the shepherds is they had a choice, and we all have a choice. You can hear about Jesus, and then you have a choice to respond. And the shepherds responded immediately, it says. They had a choice. They could have heard the angels, and they could have been like, whoa, that was crazy. What do you think? Should we go next week? When? What do you think? Well, what are we going to do with our sheep? When should we go? Was that a dream? I don't know. Oh, I'm kind of scared. Let's not do it. Let's pray about it. You know, they could have procrastinated. They could have mingled amongst themselves, but eventually they had to just choose. We're going to go. We're going to set and go. And they were near Bethlehem. It wasn't like they had to journey miles and miles and miles, but still it was a choice. They had to go to Bethlehem and they did it right away. They responded immediately. And though our encounters with hearing about Jesus isn't quite as dramatic as those shepherds, we still have a choice. We can either go, yeah, 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 oh, that's kind of weird and dramatic, and eh, maybe later, or we can go right away. I hope we go and we choose Jesus right away. The next thing that they did, it says, um, they went. They went to Bethlehem to see these things. And they came and they found Jesus lying in the manger. And here, just like Pastor Mike said on Sunday, oh, don't you wish you would know more? And it would tell you more of what happened, more detail in this. I just, I want to know really what happened. When they came and found Mary and Joseph and the babe, what did they do? It's kind of like that song you can only imagine. Did they bow before him? Did they weep? Did they shout for joy? What did they do? I don't know. We'll have to ask them when we go to heaven. And maybe it is irrelevant, but I just, I wonder what I would do. I think about just shepherds watching their sheep 
encountered by angels and then going to God made flesh in a manger. I can't imagine. Yes, he was a baby, but he was fully God. Yes, he was crying and needed to be rocked and taken care of. But I guarantee you there was a presence of Christ in that manger. And how I know that, how I know that they were changed is because they encountered Jesus and then they proclaimed him. Well, you don't proclaim something you're not changed. You don't proclaim something that you don't strongly feel about. You don't spread the word to everyone you know about something that didn't change you. So I know the shepherds were changed because immediately they told everyone and the people were in awe of what the shepherds told them. Again, I wish it would give me more detail, but we will ask them in, in heaven. We know that these shepherds, and many of you remember it from last Christmas service. I know Pastor Mike sent it out in an email this week. But from his message last year, um, he shared with us that these shepherds weren't necessarily just ordinary shepherds. Through historians of that time, we know that these shepherds more than likely were watching the lambs that were going to be sacrificed in worship. So how cool is that? How symbolic is that? That these shepherds were out tending these sheep that weren't perfect. Only Christ was perfect. But they were as perfect as you could get. These sheep were sheep that would be sacrificed for the sins of their people. And how symbolic is it that, that the shepherds left their earthly sheep to find the Lamb of God who would take away their sins. They left their earthly sheep to go and encounter Jesus Christ made flesh, the Lamb of God who would end all sacrifice once and for all. Maybe these shepherds knew when they were tending. And I, I wonder if they were watching these sheep, these lambs that were going to be slaughtered for the sins of their people. They must have known some of the prophecies. Did they know of Micah and all the prophecies that, behold, there will be a son born in Bethlehem? Did they know of these things? Because they sure did leave quickly. And I just love that picture. I love that picture of the shepherds leaving their earthly sheep to find the Lamb of God. And when they left, when they left him, and I can't imagine they'd want to leave. You know, if you've ever been really close with Jesus and had that sweet presence of him, you don't really want to leave it. I'm guessing they had to drag their feet to leave. But they were excited because they went back and they proclaimed him to everyone they knew. And it said that all those who heard it marveled at the things that the shepherds told them. Well, I don't know what the shepherds told them. I would imagine it would go something like, angels came to us while we were attending our sheep. We left immediately. We went to the manger, and there was the Christ. He was just a baby. Mary had him in his arms. She was rocking him. Oh, but I knew he was the Savior. I could feel it. I could feel his presence. He was fully flesh, 
but fully God, all in one. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. But they were changed, and they went and told everyone. And so this Christmas morning, I guess I was challenged. I was challenged because it's, it's a message for everyone. It's whether you've known Christ for 50 years, 60 years, 70 years, or maybe this morning, this is the first time you've ever heard about this Jesus Christ I'm talking about. But it's a message for everybody. It's a message to challenge people. You might have heard about Jesus your whole life. There are many people who sit in church for 50 years and they just hear about Jesus over and over and over. But in Romans, it tells us that we have to confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and we have to believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead to be saved. And I love that verse because it shows us the two-part meaning to being saved. We can't just simply confess and know about Christ our whole life. We have to believe it in our hearts, and we have to be changed. So it's a two-part thing. You have to know in your mind, but then you have to believe in your heart. And we can know about him. The shepherds could have just known about what happened by the angels. The angels could have told them about what was happening. And they could have been awed and wowed and, woo, that's awesome, I'm so glad in Bethlehem Jesus is going to be born tonight. But that wouldn't have been enough for them. They had to go. They had to encounter Christ. And we must have a point in our lives where we lay it down, where we say, Christ, I want to know you. I want to go from knowing all about you to really knowing you. Break my heart. Change me. Make me anew. I want to know this King of the Jews. I want to know this King of Kings that came in the form of a baby. I want to really know him not really just know all about him. We have to respond like the shepherds responded. They responded, they went. We have to respond in our hearts and say, Jesus, I want to know you. I want to live for you. Be the king of kings in my heart. Come dwell among me. That's our choice. And then, if we've known him and we've known him for years, This is where I was convicted when I was looking at the Christmas story. (sighs) Have we lost our passion to share him with others? You know that, that contagious passion. Do you know about the king of kings? He came to earth for me. He died. He went from a manger to a cross shed his blood so that no animals, Peter probably loved Jesus because there were no more animals killed after he rose again. He was the lamb of God. He came on earth to die for me and you. Do you know him? The shepherds had a zeal. They had something contagious because the scripture, it depends on your translation, they said that everyone wondered, or they were amazed, or they pondered these things the shepherds told them. These words that describe the people that encountered the shepherds, they made them step back a little bit. 
And I hope that my prayer this Christmas was, when I was preparing this, is that the Lord would renew my passion that would be contagious to others so that others would marvel at Jesus Christ's story, just like the shepherds. Pray, Lord, make me a shepherd that I might go and tell my friends and family, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? You know, there's sometimes when we do that, and I'm sorry this turned into a salvation message, but that's what Christmas is, right? <laughs> it's a manger to the cross. You can't have one without the other. And uh, maybe it's just the way I'm wired, but all I saw in this Christmas story was the shepherds being saved in the fields to Bethlehem, to the Christ, changed and proclaiming him. And that's what he made new this year. And I, I pray that throughout the rest of the year, I keep this in my heart. I want to be a shepherd proclaiming his good news. But for those of you who don't know Jesus, maybe you've just heard all about him. You know, I, uh, sometimes we, we belittle Jesus' story to just this sweet little baby. Oh, just ask him in your heart and then live the rest of your life however you want. And as sweet as that is, you know, it comes with a cost. We know that following Christ comes with a cost. His greatest friends, his greatest disciples were martyred for his name. It comes with a cost. And it's not something we take lightly. It's something that we do out of reverence for him. And we choose him to follow him so that someday when he comes again, he will know us by name. For when Christ comes again... Only this time, with the sound of a trumpet, he will know us by name, that we may live in eternity with him forever. And that's why we choose him, so that we can worship him in full. We can know him, and we can live for eternity with him. And I can't promise you that it's going to be all your, your um, trials will disappear, and you'll have this wonderful life. Well, you know, we go through the same trials as anyone else does. Only what makes us different from the world is that Christ promises us that he will never leave us or forsake us. Christ promises that you will be sealed. You will be sealed for eternity. He promises that when we are mourning, that he will comfort us. He promises us that he will always, always be with us to the end of time. And that's worth it. That's worth it. That's worth it. It's worth going from hearing about him to the manger on your knees, accepting his gift. And then it's worth proclaiming. Why proclaim his good news? Well, like I said before, he's coming again. Jesus Christ is coming again. And he's coming for his bride. And I want as many 
of my family and friends to get to go with him and reign in his kingdom forever. And so I, my challenge for myself and for you is first, do you know him? And second, if you do and have for many, many, many years, are you proclaiming him to your friends, to your families, to your coworkers, with the same amount of enthusiasm as the shepherds probably had after meeting him that night? I hope so, and I, that's my prayer for myself. That's a countdown worth counting down. You know, I get a kick out of, oh yeah, got to close here. I get a kick out of um, the countdowns for Christmas. It gets earlier and earlier every year. And I just kind of am kind of blown away by it because I almost feel like there's this false, uh, how good can the ham really be, you know? How good can the presents really be? And the trees and the ornaments and the gifts. I mean, do you need a 90-day countdown for this thing? You know, and then 60 and then 30 and then 10. And I mean, Santa's fun and the gifts are fun and the ham, oh, it's really good. But all those things leave us full. The gifts are soon forgotten. Santa comes and he leaves till next year. And what are you left with? I don't understand. And I think what it is, it's just this false anticipation that the world is trying to do. But the Christians really have it. Yes, please, mark your calendars. 90 days till we get to worship the King of Kings for coming on earth to live and die for you and me. 30 more days until the King of Jews can be glorified. Hallelujah. That excites me. However, that isn't portrayed in Walmart or on the TVs. I don't understand it. It's almost like everything the Lord does, Satan counterfeits. It's like there's just no possible way you can be that excited about the gifts and the ham. But Jesus is worth that excitement. He is worth it. I hope that for the rest of the year, I keep my heart of anticipation of Christmas because God made flesh is worth the countdown. He is worth a countdown. So with that, I pray that this Christmas you are encouraged to first know him, really know him, not know about him. And then I hope you're challenged like I was to proclaim him. So let's pray, and I will, um, after we pray, we will end with a couple more Christmas songs as well. So, for our hearts. God, I just thank you for coming to earth to dwell among us. Lord, I pray that if there's anyone here who has known about you for many years, who's heard about you, who's heard all the teachings, could maybe even recite to you some of the scripture, but God, they've never really, really bowed before you. I pray that they would give their lives today to you and say, Lord Jesus, yes. Yes, I really want to know you. Come into my heart, and I want to live for you for the rest of my life. Please, Lord Jesus, seal me for the day that you come again to judge the living and the dead. I want to know you and follow you, Jesus.
I pray that they say yes in their hearts right now, Lord Jesus, to your gift that you freely give us. And that they would live the rest of their lives to honor and praise you. And Lord, I ask that if there are those who have known you for many years, that they would be challenged today to make you famous. To go back to their workplaces, their family gatherings, even yet today, and say in all sincerity, do you know about Jesus? He changed my life and he'll change yours. Do you know him? He came in a manger and then he died on a cross just for you. He knows the hairs on your head. He knows the tears that you have cried. He knows your destiny, your plans, your future, and he wants you so desperately to surrender. I pray that we go forth with this message of salvation to our friends and family so that all may know you. We thank you, Jesus, for coming. We thank you, Jesus, for coming. In Jesus' name, amen.